Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. I can tell you there's a few ways to be fearless. Number one, claim God's word. Okay, wait a minute. There we go. And remember, people, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And you know what's really interesting to me is that on Halloween, what do people like to do? Besides eat candy. They... Some people like to eat candy. Some people like to get drunk. Some people like to get dressed up in ugly looking costumes. I mean, not all costumes are ugly, but you know, a lot of costumes are ugly. Uh, they're like, ah, witches and stuff and <sighs> ugly stuff. And, and they want to get scared. They actually watch scary movies. They actually, re- they want to get scared. And I'm like, okay, I have to tell you what happened yesterday. So, 
Yesterday was Wednesday, I think. <laughs> and my dad's assisted living place decided that they were going to set up a haunted house in the game room, in the game room, in, in the room where they do all this stuff. And the, I guess, what do you call it, room, Randall? It's a, well, anyway, it's a room. Yeah, it is. I'm going to turn that down just in case anything's gone through there. Anyway, anyway, and so they decided to do this and then open it up to the neighborhood so the kids could come in so the old people who were provided with candy could give the kids candy as the kids were walking through this, quote, haunted house. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I wasn't real thrilled with that personally. I was thinking, you know, this isn't good. I, um... You know, I mean, really, why were they trying to scare children and old people? Old people with dementia. Old people who could have traumatic memories of ha Halloween, right? <laughs> what the, what the, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so needless to say, Fearless was a good song. And the second way you can learn not to be fearless, you might find this a funny answer, but I will, I'll share it with you after I turn off my space heater here. Because for some reason it dropped like 40 degrees here in Tennessee. It's like, I don't know, 80 degrees. Now it's 35 degrees, something like that. Anyway, so, uh, so a second way that you can learn not to be fearless is, I mean, the first way obviously is, is through God's word. The second way is by um i'm trying to move some stuff here by learning how to sell stuff becoming a salesperson i actually learned about that song fearless from a number of the women who are ladies of justice and then they're they're in legal shield true story um i'm gonna reset my periscope app over here really fast because it's got me frozen and i don't know if anybody can see me in there i'm gonna refresh this ah so if you want to learn how not to be fearless, become a salesperson. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding you. Cause if you, there's certain skills you have to learn when you do sales. Number one, you got to learn not to take things personally. Number two, you got to learn to follow up and that can be fearful. I mean, that can be like terrifying. Like, eh, should I call that person? Eh, I don't know. They might reject me if I call them. Or they might think that I'm bugging them too much if I call them up, you know. So you have to overcome a lot of fear being being in sales because sales is really a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a necessary evil, I might say. <laughs> I meant that in a funny way, not really in a, anyway. It is a necessary evil. But here's the thing. Um, if If you can get beyond those things, then you'll be successful in sales especially if you're selling a good product like I do. So there you have it. Okay, anyway, Randall, do you want to say something to me? Okay, now it looks like somebody else is talking to me. Okay, anyway. We can stand to hear you a little bit louder. Oh, you can? Oh, I might want to turn my... How's that? How's that, people? Can you hear me better now? It's much better. Okay, good. All right, so oh. our... Uh, Lead story, drag queen story hour invades the church. How many of you saw that coming? I did. I totally saw it coming. Nothing surprises me, really, when it comes to the gay lobby. You know, um, nothing 
Nothing really surprises me. It's all old news. I mean, really, to me it is. I, to some people, it's like they're outraged. And I'm like, why are you outraged? This is so, this is so normal. Um, but look, I know some of you are coming to the party late. You know, you're like, oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. So I thought today what we would do is we would uh, share uh, some news with you. Yeah, we could. And so I'm going to begin with sharing that article, the drag queen story hour that's invading the church. But I have to find it first because I know there it is right there. Okay. I'd show it, but screen capture isn't working tonight. Screen, screen capture is not working. Okay. Mm. Well, that's all right. No big deal. Just picture a really ugly bearded man wearing a dress and a, a fruit bowl on his head. Um, and pretending to be quote a girl which you know i have to say something i'm gonna rant just for a a moment all right dudes okay here's the deal i am a woman yeah i am i am a hundred percent a woman from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet inside and outside my dna screams girl no matter what way you choose i am a woman hear me roar yeah and here's the thing, a real woman, you never really want to take off a real woman. You know, because you know why? Women can be really evil. Yeah, they can. And they can be vindictive. They can be pretty spiteful. And and <clears throat> and honestly, a woman scorned. You never want to deal with that, just saying. Okay. Now, some of us are Holy Spirit filled, so... You know, God gets a hold of us and pulls us in and he changes us, you know, so that we, we're not that way. But I'm just saying there there are things that are um, really interesting to me in the whole transgender world. And, and, and the outrage, the legitimate outrage that a lot of people aren't even really truly addressing is that This is an attack on women. You know, this is an attack on women and it's an attack on God. Okay. And I think the attack on women, that's egregious. It's been going on for a very long time. The attack on God has been going on a lot longer. And the attack on God is, is actually by and large ignored by most people. Because when, when mankind in, the, in our hubris and our pride decides to say, you know what, God, you made me wrong. You put me in the wrong body. Well, first of all, they're not acknowledging God exists. But then they do, they do acknowledge and, and then they're like, well, it's all your fault. Ugh. You put me in the wrong body, so, you know, you screwed up. And really, I'm this way and I'm not the other way. Like, you made me, right? And it is a tragedy it's a travesty it's disgusting it's absolutely horrible you know that because god doesn't make mistakes ever the god of scripture is perfect the god of the holy bible you know the holy the holy bible the holy trinity the god who calls himself yeshua jesus is perfect sinless holy 
and all his ways, and God cannot make mistakes, period. So any human who's made in his image who decides that they're going to go, well, you know, I feel like I'm a woman trapped inside a man's body, you know, and and blah, 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 blah. And then they do that. It's like, you know, really? Because what you're basically doing is giving God the middle finger and you're basically saying, you know, you, you know better than God, right? Am I right or am I right? Guys, better say I'm right because I'm right. <laughs> Anyway, but then you take humanity's evil one step further and you have people like parents of children who are trying to get their little children hormone blockers and little, you know, just hormone stuff that these children shouldn't have so that they can, quote, alter their children's biology because that parent is screwed up in the head. And that's really, frankly, not the word I really want to use. But I'm trying to be a lady. But that parent is really, you know what, up in the head, right? And then they try to mess with the child. You know, it's not even the child's fault. It's the stupid parent's fault. The parent who should not have children, in my opinion, when they do that. The devil went after the woman in the garden and he had success. He hasn't changed. Well, yeah, I mean, he was going after both of them, but the woman took fir- took the first bite, admittedly. Um, but anyway, so the point is that, you know, and I've said this before, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, why do you keep saying that? Because it's true. And what I've said before is that we are the only creation that God made that he chose to make in his image. Humanity itself, life itself, male and female itself is a miracle you know i have three animals i've had animals for most most my adult life and i look at animals all the time and i you know in particular dogs and cats because i happen to have two dogs and a cat and i observe birds as well you know and i look at these animals and i think they they have a reasoning ability they have guilt you know when they get busted and stuff but they have uh, they have no desire to kill themselves like humans do or to mutilate their bodies. They, they, they don't do things that go against their nature. <laughs> the irony of it all, right? And yet God gave us free will. He gave us the free will to do whatever the heck we want. Yeah, we do. We do what we want and he doesn't like it. God does not like it. If you think God likes it, then you're wrong because he don't. Um, And you're right, transgender uh, drag queens are very different than trans women, yes. But I would say that they are in many ways cut from the same cloth because of the enjoyment that they flaunt mocking the other gender. And that's really what it is. It's a mockery. But anyway, let me get to this article. So this article uh, is titled, Drag Queen Story Hour Invades the Church. How how did I do that, huh? Bareface got it working. After I killed Tom, do you see that, people? Sort yeah. of, kind of. <laughs> anyway, this is from the website prophecynewswatch.com. It is, and um, it says here, Drag Queen Story Hour is a phenomena that has been making libraries a cultural battle- battleground as it spreads across the nation. But the progressive left has found new allies for promoting such events, the church. The Park Church or Lutheran Ministry in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, held its first Drag Queen Story Hour this week with drag queen the Reverend 
Yolanda. Yeah, really? Do you think that the reverend part is like by accident? Who is known for her church with a two-drink minimum slogan at various spiritual events. Perhaps Park Church felt inspired by Cincinnati's Mount Auburn Presbyterian Church, which recently greeted its visitors on Sunday with uh, drag queen Spark Lee. Complete in purple dress, makeup, high heels, and a glitter beard, which there's the picture of, but you can't see it. Following the song God Welcomes All by the church choir, Spark Lee walked up on the stage and called the children up to sit at his feet. Rather than reading from the Bible, he read the book Pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the Rainbow Flag. The Ames United Church of Christ in Iowa held a drag event that, which assured parents that there would be, quote, adult supervision for the drag queen and king contest as the youngsters dressed in drag and paraded around skirting the legal line of child sexual abuse. With every step, the church is working to recruit more teens and preteens into the LGBT lifestyle. In First Congressional United Church of Christ of Portland under Minister Michael Ellick, an event was held called Drag Me to Church, which featured a cabaret group called Caravan of Glam to perform with the donations going to the local LGBTQ community center. The First Church of Somerville, UCC in Somerville, Massachusetts, held a multi-day celebration of the transgender lifestyle that includes the pastor delivering an LGBTQ-focused sermon interspersed with so-called gospel music and followed by church members, both children and adults, cross-dressing as they eat brunch. Just what impact is such events having on our children in the church? They are confused as they see the church reconfirming the message of the world that you can identify as whatever you want to be and such choices should be celebrated and even promoted in the church. Um, and then it says here, the UK's Mirror newspaper recently featured the story of a seven-year-old child who had recently transitioned. This is the one that me and Randall have talked about. And the mother co commented how important the Anglican Church's transgender rebaptism ceremony was infirming, in, in affirming this change by calling the child by their new name. So did you catch that? So now they're mocking it with even baptism. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, I actually have some liberal friends that don't agree with this agenda, just so you know. So just so you know, there are some liberal people out there who actually oppose this agenda as well. So don't be bagging on all liberals because you think all liberals support this baloney, because they don't. At least not all my liberal friends. And I have a few. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, then it says here, um, the Reverend... Uh, Kelvin Holdsworth, provost of St. Mary's Cathedral in Glasgow, 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 would be proud of such moments as he previously urged people to pray that Prince George is gay in order to make the Church of England more inclusive. Now, isn't Prince George the new baby? I don't know. I don't follow. I don't either. Stuff. Fact checker out there in the audience, let me know. Okay, anyway. Earlier this year... Um, Anglican clergy urged the British government to ban so-called conversion therapy for those with gender dysphoria and announced their intention to attempt to recruit transgender clerics. It should not surprise us that the youth are following the example of church leadership. The Congregation of St. Matthew Trinity Lutheran Church in Hoboken, New Jersey, Hoboken. Now, 
Hmm? Hoboken. Hoboken. Okay, whatever. New Jersey now refer to their pastor as Peter. Peter, Lee, Peter, formerly Rose Beeson, was the center of one of the first renaming ceremonies in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Uh, the ceremony, according to witnesses, was conducted in the same style as a christening or baptismal ceremony with the bishop blessing Beeson and pronouncing her newly chosen name. Methodist Deacon M. Barclay is now accepted by his church as a non-binary uh, deacon in Chicago, which means that she prefers the pronoun they rather than she and doesn't identify as either gender. The list goes on and on as many churches abandon their first call to the gospel and trade the word of God for the message of progressive leftism, leftism, I can say it, <laughs> as they embrace and promote the prevalence of gender confusion. Now, this is interesting. Think about this, people. Come closer as they say something very deeply profound. Or not. It might not be. But I do find it interesting that... Uh, quote, non-binary person wants to refer to themselves as they. Where in the word of God do we see, you know, uh, something kind of sort of like that? Think. Think, 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 think. Now, now I'm, now I'm thinking about Winnie the Pooh. Have you ever watched Winnie the Pooh and how he thinks really hard? You know what I'm talking about? He's thinking really hard. And plus he wants honey. Because he loves honey. The type you eat. <clears throat> Alright, well anyway. If you if you thought Legion, you know, if you, if you thought Legion, you know, and how they cast things out, there was more than one, Right? Is that what you thought, Bareface? No, I did not. You didn't you didn't read my mind. That's amazing. After twenty seven and a half, well, twenty seven years and a couple months and two years dating me, twenty nine years and a couple months, you actually didn't read my mind. Gosh. Just goes to show Bareface can't read my mind. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <clears throat> I do find it interesting that the celebration of plurality in the mind, somebody wants to be called they instead of he or she. Those people are tormented people. They are. I'm not trying to be funny either. I think they are really genuinely tormented people. I think that they're demon in some cases possessed and in other cases oppressed. You know, but in English, when someone, the, the gender is, is non-specific, you know, like in legal documents or, or something, we would say when someone comes in to possession of such an item, they, it's, it's singular, but, you know, we say they because it's, it's you know, it's hypothetical and it, it's not referring to a specific situation. Hmm. Uh, you know, so they is, is generic right? That, that fills in for when, so for someone to call themselves, want to be referred to as they, yeah, that's, that's sad. It's like, I don't, 
I'm not really um, an instance of a human being, he or she, just call me they, uh, because I really don't have a place, you know, Looking in for life. A reason. Oh, Moving through the night to find my place in this world. Anyway. My play, play. Okay. Anyway. Now that, people, was the illustration of a married couple that knows each other too well. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll probably get... Um... And they're like, what? <laughs> Get taken off of Facebook because of the copyrighted material. <laughs> Just so you know, that was a song by Michael W. Smith that me and Randall really like. Yeah. yeah. The wind is moving, but I am standing still. Yeah, you are. A life of pages waiting, waiting to, to be, be filled. filled. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, but, but it's worse than that. I mean, it's like, yeah, not... Um, basically she is saying, I don't belong here. You know, all their, all the talk of belonging and, you know, inclusivity to refer to me as they is just so generic that, you know, it's like insert cardboard cutout here, insert anyone here. Cause it's, it's nonspecific. It's just they, whoever they are, you know, it's, how does one view themselves to... Yeah. So, um, Fisherman0001 says, Gender dysphoria is clearly a mental illness, not my problem for validating they, he, she, it, etc. You know, it's interesting, because it is, it is a mental illness. And the problem is, um, and, and actually, to be honest, I really don't even like the term mental illness. And um, if you're new to this show, that MS there by my name, back there. That's my master's of science in clinical psychology. I'm a clinically trained marriage and family therapist um, and I practiced for a while. I have to tell you that I don't like the term mental illness at all. I don't like it. I, because I think that there are legitimately, honestly, very, 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 truly few genuine mental illnesses. I think what most people refer to as a mental illness is not really a mental illness. It's actually, um, a, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's, it's, it's just wrong thinking, you know? And what's so amazing about being a believer in Christ and reading the Bible is that in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, God says clearly in verse two, to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we know through the science of neuroplasticity that, you know, the, our, our brains were designed to be able to rewire how we think, right? I mean, so the attack on our mind is very real and it's a very spiritual thing as well. Uh, especially if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, I think the enemy can really mess with you a lot more. And I think he does it through drugs, which I think are perpetuated through the mental health world when people get put on psychotropic medication, which I wholeheartedly 100% do not like and do not celebrate, don't recommend, um, you know, and all that. But <clears throat> what I what I do say is that the lies have been perpetuated for so long 
about the whole chemical imbalance baloney and these drugs are gonna they're gonna cure you you know it's such a <laughs> such a lie that's all i'll say that's a lie but in Christ, we have the power through the Holy Spirit and God's word to have our mind, our minds transformed. The problem is that it is a challenge to change how you think. And if you don't believe me, I dare you just one day to, to monitor how you think and find out and compare and be honest how many negative thoughts you have versus positive thoughts. Because... If it was really super easy to do what Philippians 4.8 says, to think on these things that are true, lovely, just, of good report, etc., then it, it wouldn't be a challenge for us to do that. It's super easy to be completely negative because that is our flesh, you know. Um, yes. Okay, let me read a couple comments that came in. I have no degree, but I know it. But I know nuts when I see it. Well, yeah. And your picture kind of depicts that, I think. <laughs> Equilibrium issues. God bless you, Stacy. Thank you. Sometimes the meds do work for some people for a short time, hopefully overprescribed, though. You know what's interesting? I actually have a book. Um, I don't know where it is. I think it's downstairs. But it's actually a book that was written, uh, written I think it was in the 90s, 1990s, around there. And it's all about how when Prozac came out, um, some doctors pretended to give their patients Prozac. Uh, and it's, instead, what they really did was they gave them a placebo. And I think it was something like 30% of the people that took that got better because they believed it was Prozac. The other percentage of people who took Prozac had a lot of issues. You know, some people got really homicidal, some get suicidal. Um, you notice nobody ever really talks about Prozac anymore, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the other thing. One drug leads to another. You're exactly right. That's so true. And that's the other thing that's dangerous because the psychopharmacology world has tricked people into believing that these drugs really work. They lie. They say serotonin's up in your brain. It's really not. It's created in your gut. And if you want to feel better, one of the big things I would highly recommend is begin taking a probiotic. Sounds nuts. But if you talk to any nutritionist and you can get your gut, your digestive system taken care of, and you exercise and you actually try to think on good things and be grateful, that's a big key right there, you will feel way better. I guarantee you. Okay? Not only that... Um, but reduce your sugar intake because sugar is a natural depressant. And look at Halloween, right? Here's today's Halloween. And I was thinking about it today. And it's probably because I'm a conspiracy, a conspiracy theorist in a way. But I was thinking about how ironic that if you want to drug a nation, how can you do it? Get them addicted to sugar, you know, and then have a holiday where you give sugar out to everybody. Now, think about this for a minute. Imagine for, for, for a moment what a world would be like if all of a sudden, all the processed food we ever had that has sugar in it, all of a sudden we couldn't eat any more of it. Let's just say all of a sudden, miraculously, 
all of the sugar pea plants and all the food in the world that is manufactured and loaded with sugar, all of a sudden your candy bars, your soda, all this stuff, all of a sudden everything with corn syrup and etc. was gone. Poof. What do you think would happen to the world, to America? Seriously, think about this. Think. What would happen if those of you who drink Diet Coke all of a sudden couldn't get your Diet Coke? Or your favorite candy, you know, or whatever. What would happen in a world all of a sudden you're cut off from your sugar? Right? Think about it. You know what would happen? First of all, you'd have a lot of mad people because they'd be like angry. They'd be craving sugar, right? They'd be like, oh my gosh, because sugar is more addictive than like cocaine. I mean, it's, it's massively addictive. And if you don't believe me, try going off it. That's my point. We are a nation addicted uh, to sugar. So here we have Halloween, which I don't like at all. I hate, the, I hate this holiday. I don't like it because it magnifies everything I don't like. And, and yet we're, saci- we're being satiated by sugar in it. Now imagine children today if they had no sugar. Except natural sugar, you know, like in fruit and stuff like that. Right? Most parents, uh, you know, give kids candy. I mean, hello. <laughs> it's so true. And yet we, we take it for granted. We, we, we take the idea that it's natural to eat this um, for granted. And yet, you know, when I grew up, it wasn't quite the way that it is. I read this interesting article, actually, uh, today. And... It's actually titled, I have it right here. I'm going to read it. I'll read some of it. Did I give this one to you? Should Christians celebrate Halloween? Here's why that question has been picking up steam since the 1960s. Now, this, this was an interesting article. Did I send this? It was on Time Magazine. Um, no, you did not. Okay. You sent the one from uh, Harbinger's Daily. but. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me send you this one right now. And if you want, you can put it up. This one actually has some historical data in it. And as, as, as I was reading it, I was feeling old, like my friend Barb, because, you know, because <laughs> Barb's older. And Barb actually says, sometimes the kids get involved with experimenting with sexuality because it's trendy and they would probably grow out of it uh, if we would stop pushing the stuff on them. I think you're right. Okay. So let me look at this article. So... Listen to this. This is interesting. I think you guys will find this interesting. This is Time Magazine writing this. While many Americans spend October excitedly planning for Halloween's costumes and candies, many conservative evangelical Christians look ahead to the holiday with dread. Pastors may warn about demonic spirits and curses that can be attached to Halloween traditions, and parents may ask teachers and others to excuse their children from Halloween events. In light of concerns over offending religious families, some schools have banned Halloween uh, celebrations altogether, and some communities host fall harvest festivals instead of trick-or-treating. In fact, our church is is delayed because of the weather. And this year, the model Haley Bieber, Bieber, Justin Bieber, 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 Haley Bieber, who, like her pop star husband, Justin Bieber, is very open about her Christian faith, caught flack online from fellow Christians for posting on Instagram that Christians shouldn't feel guilty about celebrating Halloween. And then there's this graphic she put here, um, Halloween, yes or no. 
And then on the one side, I don't know if I can make, if I can see the whole thing. So I'm going to go over here to Twitter and I'm going to click through just a second so I can read the whole thing. Um, so on the one side, it says here, I'm a Christian. Do you have any ideas what that means historically? It means I redefine everything in culture. Pagan feast of winter solstice. Oh, that's now Jesus's birthday. Pagan feast of spring planting. Oh, that's now Easter weekend. Pagan Celtic festival. Or is it Celtic? Celtic. Celtic festival involving dressing up and warding off evil spirits. Oh, now it's All Saints Day. And we celebrate the victorious church that has overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Candy, please. That's on one side. Then on the other side. Oh, you see it. Okay, you found it. Okay. She put, I'm not afraid of the world. I'm not afraid of any devil or demon or incantation. They are terrified of me. Halloween is now my holiday, and I'm claiming all candy for the glory of God and the celebration of the saints. What now? I'll dress up however I like. My favorite characters, pop culture stuff, whatever. It's my party, and you're invited. I'm alive today and a saint t tomorrow. Give me candy. I don't know if this... <laughs> I'm going to assume these children are just that. Children! Uh, but... Anyway, the article goes on to say, the history of Halloween and Christianity goes all the way back to the Middle Ages. The roots of trick-or-treating can, for example, be traced back to a medieval Christian tradition in which the poor go to wealthy's homes, hollow-tide, the eve of All Saints Day, and offer prayers in exchange for food and beer. But while Halloween has long involved symbols of death and demons, the origins of questioning whether Christians should celebrate Halloween are fairly recent. In fact, it is only in the last half century that the conversation has picked up steam, coinciding with evangelical Christians playing a more vocal role uh, in American political life since the 60s and with American culture pushing the boundaries of what had once seemed normal. There's a nascent opposition to Halloween, says Jason C. Bivens, author of Religion of Fear, The Politics of Horror and Conservative evangelicalism, citing anxiety over the glorification of occult games, uh, occult themes rather, by rockers like Black Sabbath and the fear that devil worship might be taking place. There's a real sense in the early 1970s that people are starting to almost, how do you say that? Aestheticize. Aestheticize evil and opponents. See that in rock music and the increased popularity of Halloween. The television, televangelist, the Reverend Jerry Falwell, wh who a lot of liberals hated, by the way, was one of the first to see Halloween as a teachable moment. Falwell thought it would be used to teach about devil worship and temptations, Bivens says, amid his perception of the growing normalization um, of the sexual promiscuity, drug use, and rock culture, he became convinced that if you could win against Halloween, you could make kind of an insurgent strike against all the other ills of culture, which I find interesting. This thinking, Bevins said, led to Scaremare, which was started in 1972 by Falwell's Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. By the way, in case you're not aware, just kind of an addendum to that. Are you aware that Falwell's son, Jonathan Falwell, has recently come under scrutiny um, for doing things wrong and apparently he's he's like this narcissist uh abuser type uh in case you haven't known that you can google google that find that out on your own but anyway he's not his dad let's put it that way 
Inspired by Scream in the Dark, a production in Bakersville, California, it was conceived as a form of outreach similar to a haunted house with ghosts surprising guests in the dark, but designed to challenge guests to think about what would happen when they died. And throughout the 1980s, anti-Halloween sentiment grew as religious concerns overlapped with fears about children being corrupted in all sorts of ways. Now listen to this, and this is why I wanted you to hear this article. After three people died in the Chicago area from ingesting cyanide-laced Tylenol pills the month before Halloween, 1982, some parents were reluctant to let their kids go trick-or-treating for fear that evildoers would hand out poisonous candy. Stories of razor blades and apples found during trick-or-treating ramped up in the 1970s and early 80s, though scholars like sociologist Joel Best found most of these stories were hoaxes. Okay, now how many of you, by, if you want, put a one. I know there's a lot of comments in there. I haven't read them all. But how many of you grew up with that, with your mom and your dad going through your candy, especially the fruit that you hated to get, and they were, they were afraid that there was a razor in that? That is forever embedded personally in my mind. I'm 51, and, you know, every Halloween I think this, right? I mean, think. First of all, who's crazy enough to give out fruit on Halloween? I'm like, seriously, do you think a kid would really actually want to eat that? You know, or or like a, a straight pin, you know? Have you guys, you heard that one too, Randall? Did you, you did you grow up with this, Randall, or did you not? Yes, yes, I remember. Yeah. I remember those fears. So, being, you know, and, and, you know, my mom going through stuff, seeing if the wrappers were opened or anything looked like it had been disturbed and. I had a little oh. pack of Reese's Pieces today. I got at my dad's assisted living. I was trying to open that stupid thing, and I, could, I couldn't even open it. I'm, like, trying to open the dumb thing. I finally went up and got some scissors and opened it. But anyway. Anyway, the article goes on to say, um, Fears of child abductions abounded. A general panic about Satanism uh, took hold in the late 80s and early 90s. Dungeons and Dragons Players were accused of being a cult that was drawing kids into Satanism and Geraldo Rivera's TV special Devil Worship Exposing Satan's Underground, which aired the week before Halloween in 1988, only fueled those concerns. Televangelist Pat Robertson still warns that Halloween is a day when millions of children celebrate Satan. By the way, Pat Robertson was actually on TV. Well, he's on TV a lot, but I saw him on at my networking meeting, I walked into where my meeting was and he was on TV. I was like, wow, he looks old. He's gotten really old. But anyway, there was a longstanding discourse in America about innocence at risk, uh, says Bivens. In the early Reagan years, it, it sort of became his boilerplate assertion in American culture that everything is going to hell. As conservative evangelicals made their voices heard in local school board races around 1990, Debate increased over whether schools could put up Halloween displays that featured images such as witches. Uh, these were discussions that time, noted in 1993, often said more about the parents' political and religious beliefs than their children's education. Scaremare still exists, as do other Christian alternatives to Halloween events. In particular, Keenan Roberts' Hell House in Arvada, Colorado, drew attention to the idea in the mid-1990s. By showing attendees particularly graphic scenes designed to inspire them to affirm their commitment to their Christian faith. Christian opposition to Halloween, argues Bivens, continues to be a natural extension of a cult panic that begins in the 60s. And clearly there's anxiety about the declining cultural 
hegemony, 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 I know how I can, I can say it in my head. Hegemony. Hegemony. Nailed it. Of Christianity. Polls show that people who don't identify with any religion have been on the rise in the last decade and that younger Christian adults are less likely than older Christian adults to say religion is very important to them. But as long as people dress up in costumes on Halloween, controversies over whether to celebrate the holiday aren't going anywhere. And by the way, the mini candies, you know, uh, that actually, you remember, do you remember how they came up with the mini, the mini like candy bar idea? Like the fun size? Exactly. The fun size thing. Well, they did that in order to market selling more candy to everybody and make more money. They wanted to make it cheaper. So, yeah, you get like a half a bite. And we think, oh, this is great. I can have 10 of these. <laughs> but anyway. well, I suppose when it comes to, you know, actual manufacturing costs that, you know, Probably two and a half of those make the, or you know, about two and a half make the size of a regular size bar, and but uh, sell for more than two and a half times as much as the. Yeah, let's see here. All right, so let me see here. Looking I've, at comments. Yeah, there's a lot. There's people talking a lot about about health and I'm not going to read some of these but they are funny <laughs> Gina sometimes you share too much just saying <laughs> I want to give out a, a shout out to Iffy Statue 7900 over there on uh, Mixer yeah. alright cool so are you put your age tell us how old you are because you know Randall's super old at 55 and I'm <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, four years younger. Yeah. You know, there's there's a certain confidence that comes when you get over 50. Actually, 40. 40 is when it really begins. If you haven't lived to 40 yet, don't worry. When you get to 40, all of a sudden you'll be going like, wow, I made it to 40. And then you'll be like, pretty soon I'll be 50. And then you'll go, I wonder if I should get a will done. They'll go, nah, nah, forget that. No, I'm kidding. Actually, you'll go, you know, I actually am 50. I should probably get a will done. <laughs> anyway, okay, so uh, to all you regular listeners, you know why that's funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so, yeah, so there's there's lots of comments in here. I can't read them all, but, but, um, but yeah, I heard. I didn't want to use my teeth to open it up because I didn't, you know. You got homemade popcorn balls. Ooh, those were good. Yeah, they are. Popcorn balls were the best. And how many of you bobbed for apples? Mm-hmm. That's actually how they used to do it in the 20s, by the way. All those old traditions of the thing, you know, they bob for apples, you know. Today, you know, you could probably get sued by somebody. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's not good. Your friend... So Angie says, my friends and I were jumped by older kids after our candy kid dragged me. Dragged me in the middle of a major street. He didn't make off with my candy. I worked hard for it. Good. <laughs> I'm sad, though. He should have punched him in the, you know what. I got a, actually, I got assaulted, you know, um, I got assaulted on Halloween. 
So Esther is 81. Really? You're 81? You don't look it. Let's see. These kids got busted. Okay. Yeah. I'm between you two in age. Oh, yeah, you are. You, you, I believe if you're 81, I believe you did. You did probably last week, didn't you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm around a lot of older people in their 80s and 90s. Cause my dad's 91 and I hang out with them a lot. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So speaking of my dad, we got to thank Ariel Ministries for sponsoring our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, what's that have to do with my dad? Really nothing. That was a bad segue, people, but somebody had to do it, so it may as well have been me. Uh, if you're new to the show, Ariel Ministries is ariel.org. Uh, we have an exclusive discount code with them. It's called Bible News. You can go to their website, ariel.org, and you can get some really cool stuff there. And I would encourage you to do it as soon as possible so that you can use our coupon code and save 20%. Um, if you've been putting it off, don't put it off. Don't delay people. Encourage yourself in God's word and learn it from the biblical perspective in which it's written. You would be surprised how many people don't understand God's word. You actually read the word of God in the culture you were growing up in. Like, so if you're in America, like I am, um, then you naturally read the Bible through your lens, right? But, but it's not written that way. It's written from a Middle Eastern lens, which, you know, a Jewish lens. You've got to look in there. Got to understand the culture of that time so that when you read it, you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, it does. You're like the temple, the walk. You know, Jesus did stuff and it made completely sense. It made, it made, it made completely sense. Yeah, it did. <laughs> you can I'm, mock unlike, me. Go ahead. It's unlike fine. Unlike your host. What? Unlike oh, your host. <laughs> Put a one if I make completely sense to you. Put a two if you enjoy my if sense of humor. she does not completely make sense. And my smile, my big fluffy hair. Actually. Put a three if you enjoy all of the above. Put a four if you just want me to be quiet. If you want me to be quiet, all you gotta do is click out. <laughs> yeah, that's easier than typing four and enter. Uh, Cool. Mm. I am drinking my ginger ale with my Bible News Radio cup in case you care. And by the way, ginger ale has no ginger in it. There's actually a person who sued um, Canada Dry for lying about ginger ale having ginger in it. Plus the name ginger ale suggests ginger, but there is no ginger. You know it's actually in ginger ale uh, corn syrup, people. Well, I would expect that from brands, you know, the major brands like Canada Dry and whoever. I suspect that there are somewhere in the world uh, you know, bottles of cans, probably bottles of ginger ale that actually include ginger. Like there are some root beers out there that are actually made with roots of plants like licorice root and, and others and sarsaparilla and really good stuff out there. Cool. Um, but so I suspect there's also, mm. that there is also ginger ale somewhere that is actually, actually there are contains ginger. There are recipes online that you can make your own ginger ale. True story. 
So anyway, go to Ariel.org. <laughs> You're like, what? Okay, back to the commercial. <laughs> All right. Also, I'll let you know, Legal Shield. Legal Shield is my business. It's a great business. I love the product. My cat. Really? Really. He's always got something to say. Usually at the wrong time. Like in the morning, he'll jump on my bed, wake me up. Meow, meow. And then the worst thing that Gideon says is when I'm actually in the kitchen, I get his cat food. Yeah, I do. I get his cat food out and I'm opening it for him. He starts screaming at me like, like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to kill you unless you give me my food right now. And I'm like, dude, it's like six o'clock in the morning. Can you like, like knock it off? Like totally not like meow at me so loud, like so demanding. Like, hey, dude, I'm already getting you your cat food. Can you like back off just a little bit? And then he'll go, sometimes he'll go meow. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually I have to yell at him though. I don't know how many of you have a cat, but all cat owners understand this. Yeah. Okay. You go over there. I think he needs some food. Anyway, back to Legal Shield. Legal Shield <laughs> is uh, is a great product, and it, it's a great service. Everybody should have it because everybody is going to run into something that need where you need it, and y'all need to get a will done. Okay, that's one of the biggest financial benefits to having your Legal Shield plan is you get your will done, and when there's a will, there's a way. People, true story. And it's your last love letter to your parents. Well, not your parents. Well, it could be to your parents if you're young and your parents are old and you die first. But anyway, it's your last love letter to somebody. Just make sure that you get it notarized and all that. You could get your will done for 25 bucks. True story. Also, identity theft protection is vital. In fact, I have this right here. This happens to be a sheet that tells you everything that our identity theft protection 3 does which is all of this right here look at that see all that stuff right there that's everything it does yep and we are better than lifelock we cover more for less and you can worry you can worry less and live more with our service yeah you can so let me just give you a couple of things that identity theft gives you identity threat alerts you get unlimited consultation with your private investigator, which is provided by us. You get emergency assistance 24-7, live member support. You get reduced pre-approved credit card offers, junk mail, credit inquiry alerts, lost wallet assistance, uh-huh, sex offender search, big one, mobile app, social security number, fraud detection, full service identity, restoration, limited power of attorney, Dedicated licensed private investigator, unlimited service guarantee, and a $1 million protection policy with our plan. And you get a whole bunch of security monitor things, which I'm not going to read them all. But if you want to know more, just message me. I'll send you a sheet. You can look at it. Um, and so you do that. If you get it through our show, you support our show because you got it through our show. And you get a great product. And you can use it all the time. And it's super cool because you can always look at your credit score and watch it go up. Because uh, you're super cool with your finances and you know it. All right. And then lastly, if you want to donate to Bible News Radio because you love us so much, then you can do that at our, at our website. Go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. 
and you can give through PayPal or and there's an address if you want to write a check you can do that we're still looking we're we're raising money for Tuggy Bear still to get his eye completely done I think with the follow-up visits to the vet and <laughs> the actual surgery and the vet bills it's, and the medications it's close to four thousand bucks it's it's getting close to four grand yeah. which is completely insane people we need a free vet that's what we need <laughs> but we're in yeah. debt we're in debt to the vet so if you want to help put money towards tuggy bear's recovery and stuff by the way he's doing really good yeah um is he over there with you uh no he's moved to somewhere else anyway um we would love it and anyway those of you who donate on a regular basis thank you very much our pillars of the community you guys rock we love you you know we do uh you know i feel like i don't give you enough but i do want to say thank you again and again and again and again (laughs) ah vets are really expensive yeah they are they're they they are so it's, it's yeah We've invested more money in that dog. Like two years ago, there was a surgery. It was another couple thousand bucks. We just got that dang stupid thing paid off. And then now his eye. It's just so sad. <laughs> I told Randall he should use his video making skills and make a, like, a video to help yeah. raise money for him. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> Probably the... Uh. Good idea. Yeah, I've spent, uh, we spent more on that dog's health than we spent on our own. And, <sighs> yep. And, and more time. I mean, less time we, sp- I know, <laughs> I know in my few doctor visits, even, few, you know, I go to the dentist twice a year and had uh, filling replaced and stuff like that. I mean, oh, uh, far less money spent on my own health care. You have a chihuahua? In the past five years, then. Chihuahuas are cute. On that dog. Chihuahuas are one of the best dogs you can dress up. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, you know why? Because they don't have much hair. I mean, they have hair, but it's short. It's not like, like our dogs. You should show today's pictures I posted of dog, of uh, Grover and his carrot outfit and get in, in um, Tug. What's his name? Tug. Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> tug in his bean outfit and the reason why we dress them in a bean and a carrot is because that's what they they both like that's how i remember what grover likes grover loves carrots tug loved beans yeah he did but he pretty much loves everything you can give tug anything and he pretty much will eat it so all right so tomorrow night is friday which means it's free for all friday people Yeah, it is. And you know what? We're going to have a call-in number tomorrow night that you'll be able to call up and actually talk to us on the phone. It won't really be the phone. It'll be the internet, but whatever. Um, And so tomorrow we're going to do Free For All Friday. And I actually have some more stories. Like I have a story titled right now. Check this out. We'll talk about this tomorrow. More than half of Americans want government to censor speech. And we also have... This article coming from Finland, Christian speech, a hate crime, politician faces police interrogation for posting Bible verses. We're going to talk about those two stories tomorrow night on Free For All Friday and have the phone where you can call in and you can literally call in. You don't have to like, like dial up a, a phone, you know, you don't have to do it. You can actually use your phone 
unless you're Sean. Sean's phone won't work. But all of you other people, your phone should work. You just dial in, you put in an access code, and boom, you're on the air with me and Bareface. And you can talk to us. You can yell at us. You can tell us how awesome we are. You can, you know, whatever you want. And I will be nice to you because I'm nice to everybody. Um, so, <clears throat> so that's it. This is our show. I hope you all have a good rest of your evening. If you're on the West Coast, what is it, about 7 p.m., you are probably got trick-or-treaters coming to your house. Uh, I did hear um, a friend of mine said today, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this. <laughs> you're going to find this funny. I'm going to wait for the reaction to this, too, because this is funny. A friend of mine said um, <clears throat> today at my networking meeting, she said that, uh, some teenager, there's a debate about whether or not teenagers should like trick or treat or not. Cause they show up later. She said, anyway, some, some kids showed up to her house and one was dressed up as a red dot. And he rang, you know, when he rang the doorbell and she answered the doorbell, he said, he said, um, sorry, you know, he, he said, you know, how do you say it? He said, I'm a period. Sorry, I'm late. I'm your period or something like that. <laughs> I blew it, but anyway, that was funny, wasn't it? It was poorly, you know, anyway. The point is, is that he was supposed to be, he looked like a red dot, and, you know, he said he was sorry he was late, but he, he was the period. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I actually find very funny. <laughs> And then, and then she said, this is the other thing, then she said she thought it was so funny, she poured her all of her candy that was left in the bowl and gave it to the kid. <laughs> I, I have no idea if that was true or not, but it was funny. Yeah, it's called stupid, but it was funny. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, you guys thought it was funny. Well, good. See, there we are. Well, <sighs> yeah, chocolate does help with that. That's right, people. Oh, and tomorrow night, also, I want you to be prepared to tell me what your favorite Halloween candy is. Because I'm curious. I want to take a poll of what your favorite candy is. We're not going to do it right now because the show's over. But let's do it tomorrow. All right? So, you guys, um, in all seriousness, <laughs> I hope you have a good night. <laughs> ah, remember, be bold. Yeah, you can do that. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. <laughs>